No losses, I don't do lipo. A few screws loose in the head, I'm a psycho. Promise you the bot, just as real as the bite though. Misunderstood, you can call me a typo. I What's up, Panther fans? Welcome to another episode of the FLA Catnip Podcast. I'm Kevin Rodingen, and I'm, of course, with my buddy Jake Houston, and we're here to talk the Florida Panthers. We have been on a pretty good homestand lately. We've earned seven out of ten possible points since we started the homestand. Jake, how are you feeling about our play of late? You know, it's hard to get excited after a loss, which we really needed that win. But at the same time, three points in a back-to-back is pretty good. Yeah, we're definitely in the fight. We always say it, every game's a must-win. And of course, we're not winning every single game. So it's tough to stay always enthusiastic. But the reality is we're right there. We had a brutal loss at the beginning of the homestand to the Nashville Predators. Didn't like that loss. Then we beat the Penguins. That was crucial. We beat one of the better teams in the league in the Golden Knights. And then, of course, we have to come back from behind to beat the Chicago Blackhawks. That was a toughie. And then we run into an equally desperate Jets team that wanted to win just as bad as we did if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. To quote our coach, Paul Maurice, he said, we played back to back, put up 48 shots against a team that was rested and desperate. I thought we played our asses off. Paul Maurice. What do you think of that, Jake? Classic Paul Maurice just making excuses for another loss. Sounds like he's been doing a lot of that. In this case, he is uh, he is generally right. That is a desperate team that was having a very strong year up until the last eight games, where I believe they've gone on a seven-game slide. And a bit of a revenge game for some of those Jets players who see their old bench boss, Paul Maurice. I know they probably love to stick it to him, and but uh, it hurts. It hurts nonetheless. That was our second loss to Winnipeg this year. At least we got a point out of this one. I guess Paul Maurice doesn't have a handle on... His old squad, like he he may have used to, question mark? <laughs> well, Kevin, that's probably because after he left, they changed all the coaching strategies and made the bad ones into good ones. So he didn't really have too much insight over there. Yeah, touche there. Of course, you know, the playoff race continues. We trail the New York Islanders by three points with one game in hand. Right now, as we're speaking, the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Rangers, but we also trail them by three points. But they have three games in hand on us. So I don't know how you're feeling, Jake, but I honestly feel like the New York Islanders are our only chance to catch. You know, Kev, I haven't paid too much attention to the other teams in the race. I every once in a while check the standings, but I just find that if I have to twist my head into a pretzel every night thinking to myself, what games do I got to watch and who do I got to root for? It stresses me out more than it should. Right now, I'm just focused on them kitty cats. I hope they keep winning the very least let's just keep ourselves away from the lottery standings you have a very valid point it's unbelievably stressful to check the scoreboards from out of town but on our instagram i've been posting a little score sheet that lets everyone know where we're at and it's been stressing me out like crazy i'm constantly checking seeing what teams are playing who's losing if we're moving up and down so yeah that's a that's for you fans but definitely stressful to keep an eye on the on the out-of-town scoreboard. Kevin, I gotta say it's been helping me. I check it every day and I'm I'm loving the easy graphics. Check marks, though I think you started doing some yellow check marks recently and I was I was a little confused there, but helpful nonetheless. Yeah, yellow ones are for OT in case anyone was, uh, you know, wondering what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, according to the 538 sports calculations, we have a 41% chance of making the playoffs right now. I've seen tons of different percentages. They go up and down, of course, depending on every single game for every team playing a game. What I really love about our chances is of all the teams that's in this hunt for the wildcard spot, you've got the Islanders. And of course, they're playing without Matthew Barzell. 
that's that's a nice little bonus for us. And then you've got the Senators, who are six points out, and they have three games in hand. They're in the race still, but they just lost their starting goaltender in Cam Talbot. And then, of course, Detroit, they threw in the towel by trading Bertuzzi, and then Washington kind of went the same way when they traded Orlov. So it seems like we're the one who stuck to our guns, and we don't have the injuries that we used to. So I like our chances right now, but of course, that's me on the the optimist train as usual speaking of that orlov i mean the rich get richer i think he had what like six points in his first three games as a bruin i mean wow what a get for them they are a buzzsaw the islanders still do have Ilya sorokin a vezina contender who is looking amazing this year the senators really really made that crucial move of trading for Chikorin, which hurts as panthers fans obviously we would love to have seen him come home yeah and when you saw what the return was for Chikorin, and you think oh my gosh if we get one of those first round picks from maybe the charat trade we could have possibly been on that Chikorin train but yeah that's a bummer it's a bummer but all the same we still probably would not have been in it we didn't have the cap space it's a bummer because he would have looked really really good on our top d-line moving on to some of our panthers however matthew kachuk now has the most points of any panther in their first year with the team passing you guessed it sam reinhardt from last year 82 points for rhino last year Rhino started off real slow and then he got on a heater and we've kind of seen that happen with him again this year. Couldn't be more well-deserved for Matthew Kachuk to take that record and he's still going. We've still got games. He's pacing for around 100 points. What a get he has been for the Florida Panthers. Unbelievable. He keeps climbing. You know, he went through like a couple game skid a little while back and everyone was like, oh no, he's falling apart. And then three points in one game, three points in another game. He just keeps coming back. I saw that he was, he got the most points of any first year Panther. I was like, no way. Pavel Bure kind of took that one. And I forgot Pavel Bure came in and he only played 11 games his first season with us because of uh, some injuries and, and of course, coming out of Russia from all the disputes with the Vancouver trade. Of course, Pavel, once he did get going for the Panthers, I think he had like a 92 point season or something. But yeah, this is amazing. If, if Kachuk can break 100, I mean, wow, know that we have him for seven more years. Well, we can go ahead and just put that to bed as well, because it seems like Matthew Kachuk, barring any sort of knock on wood issues, is going to surpass Pavel Bure's top scoring season with the Panthers, which was 94 points. Either way, you want to slice it, whether it's the first full season with the team or the first season with the team, Kachuk's going to hold it. Everyone should be rooting for that. Just super exciting. And then another guy on our team who's been standing on his head, I know the Winnipeg game wasn't his finest, but that's Sergei Bobrovsky. And we've been seeing him carrying this team. It's like the old-fashioned Vesna Bob that we've wanted, and we've been paying $10 million a year to see for many years now. And so he comes in, and he's been carrying this team along for a few games. So nice to see him coming through. I mean, that is the guy we've wanted all along. What do you think of him, Jake? I love that Paul Maurice is riding him. I know we've got Alex Lyon, who did solid, uh, if a little shaky in a stretch with us earlier in the season. But I like that he rode Bob on back-to-backs. Bob's doing 10 straight, I believe. It's nice to see some consistency out of Bob. We all wanted to root for him when he first came here, and he made it difficult that first year and that second year too. But it is a, it's a great story. It's great for the team. We'll go as far as Bob can take us. He also now has the third most wins in franchise history with 102. We've got, of course, in front of him, John Van Beesbrock, and he should... Knock on wood, passed that this year. 
And then, of course, Roberto Luongo at 230. Can you imagine how many more Luongo would have if he wasn't behind all those dog shit Panthers teams all those years? Right. I know if you're talking about wins, it was lucky to get any wins with those teams we had back then. But yeah, Luongo was certainly making a lot of saves for us. He set several saves records, not for the Panthers, for the NHL. I believe while he was doing it. One name I was surprised to see on that list was behind Bob was James Reimer. I I forgot that he played a decent amount of time with us and what a solid journeyman goaltender he's been. For now, we're focused on the present and next up we got Beezer in his sights and hopefully playoffs after that. And Bobrovsky claims he really does like to play every game. You know, some goalies are like that. They just get into their groove and their ritual and they just want to be out there every game, even if it's a back-to-back. And Bob's one of those guys. So I'm glad it's working out for him right now and Paul Maurice is letting him take the reins. Turning it on to another Panther that's impressed this year, Brandon Montour, 55 points. He's making a run at the Panthers' season point record for defensemen. 62 held by Keith Yandel Sonk. Sonk. That is another great story coming out of the team this year. He's somebody who feels like he stepped up as a number one D-man. He's been really impressive. It's really nice to see him. And how about that? backhand slap shot the other night versus Chicago. That was a hell of a highlight and a really great way to end that game. And as Goldie always says, let's go home, baby. Montour's been unbelievable. He's someone who really stepped up once Uyghur got traded. Uh, he he just wanted a spot. You know, I, I read an interview about him recently and he just said, I had my chance and I finally got it. Paul Maurice has been playing him hard. He's definitely become our number one defenseman. Alexander Barkov turning it on since his return. He has six points in four games, 14 shots and a game winning goal. Not too many shots versus the Jets. I believe he only had three, which we definitely need him shooting more. I think that's something that we all thought last season, we thought he was an elite trigger man, especially on the power play. It has seemed like some of the passes he's been getting have been handcuffing him. He doesn't have Jonathan Huberto to thread it through everybody's skates right onto his blade. But all the same, I would like to see him shooting more. So it's encouraging to see him shooting in these last couple of games. It seems like that story every year, right? Where we're like, come on, Barky, shoot a little bit more. I don't know if, you know, it's just one of those habits that's tough to break for him. Hopefully he knows he's got to be one of those goal scorers this time of year. He's got 40 goal every year potential. And it's something that I think we need to see him hit in order for us to be successful. On another note, we have been a far more dangerous team on the offense since Duclair has been back. Truly, you can tell now that we have three really fluid offensive lines that can get out there and put some pressure on. And and Duclair's speed is finally coming back. You see him putting a lot of shots on net. It really keeps an option for us on, on every line now. I like to see, you know, that first game back, he was a little tentative. Like I mentioned, he had, you know, great awareness. He was in all the right places. But we weren't seeing that speed we saw him flash all last year coming up the right side, cutting hard to the goal. It's good to see he had a breakaway last night versus the Jets that looked fantastic. He didn't, you know, manage to score, but it was a great attempt and he broke free of his defenders. It's nice to see him finally uh, putting on some of that speed, especially coming back from the Achilles injury, which by all rights should have slowed him down. He definitely took all the time he needed for the recovery. So super glad he's back in the lineup. And uh, it's definitely that cliche trade deadline addition that we needed. We had a crazy game happen recently with the Stars absolutely dominating the Sabres. That was a big one. What was the final score of that one? 10 to 3 or something like that. Yeah, the first game of the season to break 10 goals. I remember texting our buddy Bubba Banner. He's a Stars fan, obviously. And I said, 
hey, buddy, can you let the stars know that we really want them to kick the Sabres ass? He was like, oh, yeah, I'll put in a good word. And then sure enough, I'm checking the scoreboard and they put up 10 against the Sabres. Shout out, Bubba. We know you're listening out there. We love you. Speaking of the stars, we got a couple ex-Panthers on that team. Mason Marchment, you hate to see it, but he's been underperforming after his kind of scorching start to the season. What a guy for our team. He's crucial. We are missing him heavily. Would love to have him on that third line along with uh, Rhino and Lundell. You know, he's had a bit of a tough go. His father unexpectedly passed away right before the season. He's in a new situation with a new team. I think he'll come back around and step it up. I mean, he was such a hard worker. I feel like the Mason Marchment departure goes under the radar. Of course, Huberdeau and Uyghur got the spotlight for the trade, but us losing Marchment was big. You know, that was a player on the rise. I've been keeping an eye on him. It was tough to see that he's not playing as well as you mentioned. But yeah, it's just one of those guys I realized I was like, oh, yeah. That guy put up like 20 goals for us last year. That was a big loss for us on our offense and, of course, with our grit. Another uh, player that is an ex-Panther on the Stars, Evgeny Dadnov. A scorching hot start with the team. He's looked really good. He scored. He's just made elite plays. He's showing off some of that hockey sense. So that's been a really great ad for the Stars as well. I wanted to give a little kudos to Nick Cousins. He's definitely been putting up a lot of energy. I don't know if you've noticed, but since he's been inserted into the lineup, Uh, He is protecting all our guys. He's flying around out there, creating offense. He's one of those players that you you notice, but uh, we don't talk about enough. He's excited when he scores. He just wants to help this team. It's been really, really nice. Yeah. And then speaking of the grit, I've been thinking about Giovanni Smith. That's another guy I'd like to see return back to the lineup as we get to this grind. You know, the games are getting more and more physical. And that was a guy when we had on our fourth line with Lomberg, I just felt like nobody could stop us when he was out there and those two were grinding it out. So have you felt the lack of uh, him being in the lineup too? He's somebody who would like to mix it up uh, on every play, jump in the scrums, use their his teammates. You know, we're obviously lacking some of that grit with Patrick Hornquist gone for the season. So it'd be nice to get some of that back. No doubt. My honest opinion is this stretch has been so valuable for our team's development. I know uh, we all had sights on the playoffs and, and some will see this year as a down year, as they should. This is like basically a mini playoffs we're experiencing every game. Every day is a grind, and I feel like the team, if they make the playoffs or not, are really going to bond for this, and uh, and no matter what, it's going to keep them with a, a bitter taste in their mouth, and they're going to want more next season. What do you think about that? Every game fighting for their playoff lives, and that's that playoff hockey that Paul Maurice preached. I wish they started at you know, the beginning of the season, but it definitely has been invaluable, for, especially for some of those younger guys. Any experience is good experience uh, when you're playing meaningful games. Speaking of a couple of guys who have played a lot of meaningful games, Stahl Brothers connect again for a goal. What did you think about that, Jake? I love to see it. If Mark had missed, which he very nearly did, he really buried it into the glove of Hellebuck, who kind of let it slip by. If Mark had beefed that one, I would have thought to myself, Eric, when you look up, you need to get a lot less excited when you see your brother joining the play, because that was the last person I wanted to have that feed but i'm glad he buried it and it was a really nice moment for them whenever i watch mark Stahl come in off a rush i always stand up and put my hands on my head i'm like what are you doing you're not the guy we want in there trying to score a goal he does try and there you go he he shoved it in my face and he got a really crucial one for us in that game yeah always nice to see the Stahl brothers connect mark stay on the blue line please (laughs) yes Well, upcoming, we've got a couple games this week, uh, two games this week. We got Montreal on Thursday. 
I don't know about you, Kevin, but I have just found Montreal fans to be insufferable this season. Every game thread on Reddit, every Twitter thread about games, everything. You got Montreal fans coming in and saying, go team that is facing Florida. And it's, we get it. We, you want us to be bad. We hate you now. So that's a rivalry. I don't think anyone saw coming, but God, they're annoying. So I really would like to beat the crap out of them. That would definitely make my day. Yeah, I finally looked it up and it's like a 3% chance if we fall like one spot short of the wild card. It adds 3% chance that the Montreal Canadiens can pick up Bedard. Of course, any chance is a valuable chance, but it's not the end of the world. We have a 97% chance it's not going to happen. So, And that's, of course, if we don't make the playoffs. Kevin, that kid Bedard looks so good. And not only him, but also that Fantilli kid, that Mitchkov kid, Leo Carlson. Any year for us to be really bad, and of course, we have to have an amazing season last year and then a mediocre one this year. If we still had our first, I'm glad we don't have our first overall pick because I would have started actively rooting against us half the season ago because that Bedard is going to be a franchise changer. Could you imagine if we had him on our second line behind Barkey? Is there any team out there, obviously can't be ours, that you kind of hope he falls on? I hope it's Anaheim. I think it would be exciting. That's an exciting team that's doing a great rebuild. They've got an awesome forward core. They've got Troy Terry. They've got Trevor Zegras. Mason McTavish has looked great in his rookie season. On the back end, you got Jamie Drysdale. And then a couple D prospects that are looking really good. That's a team that is primed for a quick rebuild. And I think Connor Bedard is just an exciting player to pair with Trevor Zegers and Mason McTavish. A rebuild in a hurry, you know, once they get a guy like that. Yeah, I, I would love to, you know, see a laugh and see maybe uh, Bedard go to Arizona. Another team I wouldn't mind uh, that could, you know, really use a boost is the Vancouver Canucks. I always pity them pretty hard. And Bedard I, is from Vancouver. I think that would be a really nice match. Honestly, anywhere but Chicago. I agree completely. I really don't want let, them to let get them it. wallow a little bit. They have some bad karma. If they picked him up and their rebuild got sped forward, that would just drive me nuts. It'd be frustrating. Also coming up this week, we've got the New Jersey Devils on Saturday, seeing a little rematch with our old friend, Andrew Brunette. Get to see a first look for us of Timo Meyer in a Devils jersey. That's another exciting young team that's really primed for an infusion of talent. Timo Meyer was a big pickup, and Luke Hughes is going to come over as soon as Michigan's season is done. And that's just an elite young defenseman joining them for a playoff run. So that's an exciting team, and I'd like to see them go far. Not at the expense of the Panthers. You know, Andrew Burnett seems like a really great guy, and it's an exciting young team. That's a that's a cool one. And the Devils still have a chance to try and win their division and, of course, uh, guarantee a little bit more home advantage in the playoffs, which would go a long ways in this playoffs, seeing how the Eastern Conference is going to be a very big grind. The Devils are going to put on a good show. It's Timo time over there. So I imagine this guy's going to resign with that team, and they're going to have a really successful team for many years to come. It'll be a good competition for the Florida Panthers. And of course, we need those two points. We definitely do. Kevin, Random Panther of the Week. Let's get to our Random Panther of the Week. I was imagining we could talk about Derek McKenzie. Although he was a player of ours not that long ago, I thought I'd bring it up because, first of all, he was a great grinder for our team. You know, kind of that Lomberg kind of energy. He always was smart with the puck and truly a leader, so much that it was kind of maybe threw everyone for a loop when he was named team captain for a couple of years for the Florida Panthers. 
you always imagine it's someone with a bigger name, let's say, being the captain of a team, someone who's often on the offensive side of things. I thought it was a very classy call when the Panthers decided to make him team captain, and it was a time when the team was struggling a little bit. That was interesting to see that kind of heart and soul guy get named to the captaincy. No, I think uh, it was a captain that was interesting for sure. I believe he was coming off a 13-point season when he was named captain, and he followed that up, I believe, with a 16-point season. So, interesting bygone era. I feel like uh, it seems nowadays, and maybe I shouldn't even say nowadays because Sidney Crosby has been a captain for a long time and Ovechkin's been a captain, but you know, kind of putting the flashy, big scoring player on your team as the captain. Derek McKenzie, a guy that topped out at 16 points with the Panthers, was our captain for two years. So one of those really heart and soul guys who ended up just going right behind the bench after that. We miss him now. Uh, he's no longer behind the bench, but he seemed to be really sort of a player's assistant coach. Uh, somebody who was in the trenches with the players and then got to sort of be the guiding force on the bench. An injury took him out of the season and he slips kind of into that player coach while he's still on his player contract, was helping the team out, doing a lot of work upstairs and downstairs for the team. Joel Quenville decides to keep him on as a, as a coach when he came in. Obviously, that didn't work out with the Panthers, with Quenville. Eventually, Burnett leaves, and then Paul Maurice decides to fire Derek McKenzie. I thought Derek McKenzie would have been a great coach. I thought it could have continued for him, and I hope it continues because that was a guy who obviously had a lot of leadership skills and a great voice. We miss you, Derek. We miss you, Derek. Hopefully, Andrew Burnett picks you up when he's the coach of the New Jersey Devils. It might be a couple of years with how good they're doing with Lindy Ruff at their helm. Catch 22 for Andrew. Join the team, make them better. All the glory goes to the head coach. Well, thank you guys again for listening to the FLA Catnip Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button if you made it all the way to the end of this episode because that helps us find better interviews and, of course, bigger audiences. And so that is always a big help for us. And you can always follow us at the FLA Catnip on Instagram. Let's go, cats. We have just a handful left. We have a big shot at doing this. Every game matters. See you next time, Cubs. See you next time, Dickie. <laughs>